Hey everyone, you're listening to Is, Is It, it that, that Deep though? though? Hi everybody, I'm Joy. I live in Austin. I'm a best friend. I'm a pet owner. I'm uh, almost 30. If I ever get uh, brought up on tweets on oh anything, I have honestly, if somebody said this you or but look what you said here, I would probably say, oh yeah, that was me. I was wrong. <laughs> Why doesn't anybody just say that? Huh? What? I have not heard the word simple plan in like 11 years, I'm sure. Yo, they were lit. And I'm Cynthia. I am a PhD candidate in clinical psychology and I'm in my last year. I'll just say one thing. I remember in 2018, I tweeted, the baby deserves to be tall. I had to go and delete that tweet because I cannot have that tied to my legacy that I was on the wrong side of history. If you like shake a bottle of Coke, and then you untwist it and it explodes, right? Everything will come out, but it's going to dissipate eventually. It's not gonna to continue to explode like that for the rest of time. Emotions are like that too. So you should feel them and then just kind of let them pass through you. I don't even know, can I even say it? It's like, yeah, you know, I got her <laughs> My cat is still in the room. So hopefully she behaves. Um, anyways, everybody, hi. We are here for episode six of Is It That Deep Though? With Joy and Cynthia. We are on a roll. And so I'm, I'm not going to do what we usually do where we're like, wow, episode six. I know. It's Amazing. Like they're still just like mesmerized. What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> like, okay, we get it. Because we, this was just, it's a passion project. I guess yes. you could call it like, it's just fun. Like, we get to talk every week and catch up and like also talk about shit that matters to us mm -hmm. and like it's been really fun and like seeing people listen when i'm like we're about to get like five listens child like we're gonna get i know plays. and we're four of them are from me in my car <laughs> it's me and my oh i would never send this to my sister but <laughs> i was gonna say me my sister her niece and like <laughs> the neighbor <laughs> no it's 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 a good amount of people it's like 40 40 is good though that's good we didn't post this anywhere people would see it <laughs> i know it's like all incognito it's, like it's all like random like sites where i have like 50 followers here 100 there 50 of which of of which are bots <laughs> and like <laughs> then cynthia like sending them to her intimate friends because I, I mean, to only the friends I think will get it. <laughs> I, so I just, I did a trial run. I did pilot data with, you know, <laughs> people who I know from college. So it was well received from a few of those folks. So I appreciate y'all for listening. Um, I got to do the wide, I did the soft launch. I got to do the hard launch soon. <laughs> it's hard to know who to share this kind of podcast with because it is so deeply about us being black women mm -hmm. and us, our point of view as black women so there are certain people that i'm like i don't think you're going to be interested in this right this is like an inside kind of thing like girl if you're not in the clique you might not appreciate some people honestly don't want to hear like a black woman's perspective they're just not going to agree with it so which i mean you don't have to i don't know but i mean i don't, I don't agree black well, I don't agree with like the PewDiePie's and the uh Yeah, but I don't Shane I feel a lot Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> I feel totally fine not agreeing with them. We are not the same. That's, that's I totally mean, fine. We just we it it ain't for everybody. It is it's not. Cool. Would you rather have a friend who's like overly zealous about your black stuff or a friend who's like 
that seems like your black stuff. Like, eh, not for me. They're non-black. Yes. The, uh, I guess the latter, because if they were overly zealous, it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, this is probably too extreme. But you know, in chewing gum, that one episode with you saw chewing gum, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that one episode where she was on a date with that one guy, and he was just way too into her blackness and things like that it's giving that oh my god not the one where he had her put on a tribal costume yes oh it was the most uncomfortable thing but shout out to michaela cole she's doing her thing she got an emmy yeah she did yeah it's giving that episode of atlanta where it was juneteenth oh my god the guy's like you never been to africa man gotta go back it's the motherland (laughs) it's like like vomit let me explode <laughs> two times over <laughs> but I'm sorry. my laugh sounds horrible I laughed like a donkey but um <laughs> that was literally one of the best episodes out of the whole I laugh every time so funny and I was and it was also one of those episodes too where I was like you know, it looked like it was like they were going to be all right, like they were going to be fine, like as a couple, and then obviously not. Oh, because it ended with them. They didn't need to be together. They're they right. He, better. She they did. Better. Yes. Very she true. She was lowering her standards. That's so real, though. Just being painfully like, so. He's here and he likes me. <laughs> He's Wee. cute. That's all I need. Wee. And then the way that we're just going to talk about Atlanta now, the way the series ends with like them breaking up, mm-hmm. she's like, play me for my heart. And she's like going ham. Like, Love and basketball. I time. don't want you to win. I literally want to be free from mm-hmm. you. Like, excellent writing on it. Yes. And he, he didn't really try. I mean, I guess he did, but not really. It's like, he did, but like he was an asshole. Like, yeah. It's annoying. He showed up. He didn't want to do anything. It's like, this is her culture. Like, right. You don't want to dance or you want to make fun of everything and not participate like, mm-hmm. bare minimum effort glad she woke up mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways how was your week it's been okay yeah it's been pretty good same old same old um still trying to get my bearings with the with certain things i am really enjoying living in the city and you know just getting to do new things one thing that i've enjoyed is getting to know older people like people in their 50s Cause oh, I joined, really? yeah, I joined this running group. Cause I was like, I need to like be in a group to be motivated to run. And it was, it's a black, it's called black girls run black girl running group. And we meet on Sunday mornings and I joined it thinking like, okay, I'm going to find other like young professionals who are going to be like running whatever. And it's me, a professor who's around my age. And then like four other women in their fifties who are like trying to get back into working out. So now we walk, we've been doing oh, a lot okay. of walking. I was about to be like, how fast do they go? We don't run that much. <laughs> like I'll run before and then I'll run to them. <laughs> and then we walk. That's so funny. I hate being around older people. I'm just like, we ain't got shit to talk about. <laughs> so at first I was kind of nervous because all the people who were commenting on um, our group is called the hot, well, the name of the park it starts with an H. So we're the H Park Hotties. <laughs> so someone was like, oh yeah, I'm looking, I was, I was hovering over their names on Facebook. I was like, hmm, Charlene, <laughs> Pat Avell, how old are these people? <laughs> and they and showed up. You came anyway. You went I did anyway. Come. I did. I did. <laughs> and it, it's been good. Like they have a lot of life advice. You know, they've, I think almost all of them have had like 
yeah. marriages, separations and stuff like that. So like, you know, they're like, this is what you need to know about men. This is what you need to know about life and all this <laughs> stuff. And I'm just like, write that down, write that down. I feel like I'm the type of woman, young woman that they hate because I have a bunch of tattoos, unnecessary ones that mean nothing. But and then also- tattoos though. I'm also the type of girl who runs in a sports bra. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they're covered up head to toe. They'd be like, mm-hmm. one of the bluesy. <laughs> I get hot, okay, damn. I know, but the thing is, I remember, like, we walk in the morning, and of course, they're like old, like southern black women. So we pass by someone, they're like, "Good morning," you know, to the person mm-hmm. in the opposite side. So we were passing by this other black woman, and she looked at us, and she was like, "Good morning," and we're like, "Good morning," and as she was walking. She was wearing bike shorts and she was just double cheeked up. Like <laughs> you, it was great. I was like, wow, I'm trying to get like that. And they were just like, damn, like I'm trying to be like that. And one girl, one of the women was like, excuse me, Matt, like, what did you do to get all that no, ass? <laughs> it's like Sunday morning. What you going to do with all the ass, all, all the ass that. inside <laughs> them jeans? <laughs> uh, that's funny so after that we passed by these stairs and they were like y'all we need to start doing stairs if we could be like the shorty that we just passed so now every time we run around we and we get to the stairs we do three minute stairs to uh meg the stallion song of, cynthia, of the week cynthia you are in an old lady clique i am you're an old lady gang that's I am. what you're in yeah <laughs> we're getting brunch on Sunday. oh my gosh no you're not these yes. are your new friends yeah so next time i visit you're gonna be like oh yeah i was just about to meet charlene you can come with us. you stay through sunday morning you can come I, and, we'll, and we'll be out there I'm telling you i don't know how to talk to older people i get really weird because i just am used to older conservative people who like you can't say things in front they're of they're not like that she was the one of the older ladies was like wow she's double cheeked up well she didn't say that but she was like she got you know some meat on her bones like they're funny i'll say <laughs> she that the, she's at the 1950s version right <laughs> <laughs> double cheeked up she was like she got some meat on them bones <laughs> that was too funny sorry um <laughs> And it's like, it's, it's been fun though. It's been fun. They're a trip. They're a trip. One of them does comedy. So she was like, you know, the next time I go up and do stand up, y'all can come. And me and the professor, who's like my age, we looked at each other. We were like, I mean, I'm, you'll, I will go if you're going <laughs> support Miss Darlene or like, that's, that's cute. Name, I but. would, I would go, <laughs> I would go to an old, I feel like older black women are great at comedy. Yes. Yes. Amazing. I would rather see an older black woman than a younger black woman do stand up. Cause they're, fu- they're funny without remorse, like at all. It's like, I've lived life. Like, what are you going to exactly. do to me? It's literally like a life experience type mm-hmm. of thing. I, I feel like younger, we're just getting into all these topics. I know. It's going to be, I feel like these younger comedians, a lot of them just feel very like Twitter fingery. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, when I watch your actual like three minute comedy central stand up set, it's not funny. Yeah. You're just like, you have like 15 to 30,000 followers on Twitter and you're pretty. So like now you're a comedian and we got to like see you at shows when you're not really good at making jokes mm-hmm. or like reflecting on life in a funny way. Yeah. You're like an internet comedy and you use internet slang and all that stuff, which yeah. I mean, that's a whole and other that goes thing. for women and men. Yes. More women, but men too. Like not all these, these men, it's more like the like Instagram comedians. Mm. <laughs> they're the ones who put on a lady's wig. And they're oh like, my gosh. Yeah. I'm a comedian. 
book me. <laughs> I'm trying to think, what were the names of some of those people? Of course, there's the King Batch, Disgrace. Yeah, who's, uh, I don't know any of these people. I don't remember I, that I name. I never really had Instagram. Oh, Blame It on Quay. That was the OG. That's one of the people I was thinking of. Um, there's just a lot of them. There's a lot I mean, of them. There's some women too. Like, I mean, I won't even say any more names because now we're just tearing people down. <laughs> I know, no, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they got, they did their craft and stuff. And again, Blame It On Quay was OG, so. The craft is making a funny video, but you're not a comedian. It's just <laughs> what I, I'm going to stand on. But you're not Fair. a stand-up comedian. Maybe comedy is different. Anyways, yeah. my week. Yes. Child. I'm, all I can say is that I really want to, I realized today like that I do have work to do on myself, you know, and sometimes it's hard to hear. It's hard Mm. to hear from people ways that they view you where you're like, damn, like, yeah, I I guess I could work on that. You know, I want to work really hard on being more positive Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, we talk about this on that show every week. It's Mm -hmm. just about, you know, like negative self-talk, anxiety, catastrophizing you know, just saying a bunch of things to like keep yourself safe. And it's like, doesn't really keep you safe. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I want to work on catching myself so that we're not just talking about it each week, but actually like catching myself when I'm in moments of negativity and at least just putting a stop to it to be like, what is the point of this? Mm-hmm. Is this making you feel better? Like, is this fixing the problem? No, it's not. It's just you being negative. <laughs> So like, cut it out. <laughs> but it's work. It's process. And the first step is even having the self-awareness of knowing that that's something that happens in the thought processes that you have. Cause I have that too. And it's like, it takes work. Yeah, it does. It's just, I want to make sure that I'm working, mm-hmm. that I'm not just talking about working, but that I'm actually working. Mm-hmm. So let's get into this week's pop culture. So one of the stories I want to talk about, and I kind of struggled to find stuff because I don't give a shit about any of this. I know. (laughs) I know I I didn't want to talk about Nicki Minaj anymore because I'm just, I don't care about it. I'm so over it. So it's gotten worse. It's gotten way worse. Did you see Mm -hmm. that clip? I sent the two clips I sent you from the Okay, so they got deleted. What the fuck? Yes, yes. I have to look it up later. You know what? I heard that. That's so fucked up. I was seeing people tweet because I kept checking because Jennifer Huff, the name of the victim. Yeah. It's trending. And there were people saying, do you see how fucking fucked up this shit is? Because Mm -hmm. now the real took down their videos. Mm -hmm. They're not on YouTube anymore. Oh, these things. Oh, they put it back up. Oh, no, they took it back down. Mm. Oh, this is the only way you can see it in these like tiny little clips. Yes, that's how I was able to see part of it. Like. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's like Nikki's lawyers were like, these are claims that are part of the case. Mm. So she cannot speak on this. But I feel like her lawyer would have known that. So part of me just feels like it's a clout thing, like a mm-hmm. Nikki's mad at us and we have to take it down. Or she said she'll never be on the show again or something like. As if she'd I ever just, be on the show. I just, I'm like, I was just happy that the victim's name was trending all day yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that every one of the comments I saw were like, in support of the victim mm-hmm. granted i did not look in the underbelly of the internet i did not go to the shade room comments like no. black people are so mean to their own people <laughs> like there'd be black oh. people who were like she looking for clout she a hoe 
why is she speaking up now? Why she just want money? And it's like y'all really don't read. Y'all don't read. And like after you post that, comment underneath with a picture of the pay stub of the check Nicki Minaj wrote you <laughs> to say that because clearly you were paid. Like, why would you say that you didn't benefit from saying yeah. that? No, these barbs and misogynists, misogynoirists. It's like mm-hmm. I literally think that it is you hate black women so much that you will like any black woman who speaks out against an abuser. It's like, shut up. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear it. You're a liar. You're looking for clout. Why can't you leave them alone? And it's weird because at this point we have so many facts. Right. The situation that she was wanting to be left alone. They came after her. For- right. Right. She's only speaking up because they threatened her life. So it's mm-hmm. like if we put a face to a name, if we hear she's disappeared or something in the next few years, it's not right. like, oh, whatever. It'll be like, hmm, we know mm-hmm. where to look. Right. Right. Anyways, like I said, that's what we're here to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabrielle Union says the woman she is today would not have taken Dwayne Wade back after the break, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember first hearing about this on the read. Mm-hmm. They clowned the shit out of her. <laughs> they were yeah. like, she, she said something mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't know. She was saying something and they're like, you can't talk. You got back with Dwayne Wade after like he had a baby on you. And da, 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 da. <laughs> so I, I got to ask you, would you get back with a man if you were on a break? Mm. You were on a break and right. then three, you guys get back together. Three months later, this woman pops up and she's like, I'm carrying his baby. So this is a break, not a breakup. Like we have broken up. You don't think a break is a breakup? A momentary breakup where you can do what you want because you're not together? I mean, maybe when I was younger, but now, at least from what I've experienced, if I'm breaking up with someone, it should be a clean break. And if we happen to get back together down the line, it would have to be after like, a lot of discussion conversation about what worked what didn't work and what is the intention behind us getting together because i feel like when it's when it's done i i would treat it as done and not think like oh let me sit around and wait for our our break to end and then we get back together right usually the point of a break is to wait for someone to cave Mm. like a break is basic like sometimes a break is literally just being like let's just take a break. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot going on or we're not making each other happy or whatever. Let's just take a break. But obviously the point is we get back together when somebody admits they were wrong. So mm-hmm. if you take a break or whatever and like three weeks pass by and then either he comes to you and he's like, I miss you. Like, let's work this out. Or I finally realized I was wrong or you do it. Whoever, it doesn't really matter. If three months later, a woman came in and was like, Darnell is the father of my child. Screaming. (laughs) 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 No, I just not nothing. No no shade to that name. Obviously, it's a beautiful name. I just think. No, it's it's not. Your mic, your mic is cutting out because you're laughing so hard. I'm so sorry. And I knew it. I was like, chill, I'm going to chill, chill. keep all that in. <laughs> uh, okay. With, yeah, Darnell had a baby on me. I don't think I could. Mm. I don't think I could personally because where I'm at right now, I don't think that 
maybe this is just me being self-righteous, but I feel like if we, if I broke, if we broke up, we're done. And I'm not, I don't think I would have done if I like, I think that if we broke up, we're done. And if we decided to do a break, I'm not the one who's going to cave and come back. Cause I didn't do anything wrong. I just assumed that I just wouldn't do anything wrong, which is not good because that isn't life. But I just don't know if I like the idea of like, we're on a break and then me begging a man to come back essentially. I don't, I, I don't I, like I don't, that. I, I don't, I don't look at it. Like you, you begging and pleading on your knees, like baby. Okay, come Cause back. I, I would but never I, do that. I think it's more like you check in, like, Hey, I was just thinking about you today. It always starts with the text mm. you know? or like, Hey, I'm in your neighborhood. Like, do you think you'd want to like have a chat or like grab a coffee or something? Okay. And then you, you're talking like catching up. So have you been? Da, da, da. And then it gets to where it's like, I really miss you. And I want us to work this out. Like mm-hmm. I've had some time and I realized like whatever we were having issues with, it's not a big deal. Like mm. we can fix it. Whether it's maybe him saying like, he only wants, one kid and you're like I want three or it's like mm. him saying like I think I want to join the Marines I don't know like Ooh. <laughs> whatever dumbness that's not dumb but like whatever <laughs> stuff that like couples take like have issues with and then end up getting back together because they're like yeah it's not that we can work through that or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would definitely go take someone back and I would definitely if I felt like I love them enough like and we were just like, we need space from each other. This is not working right now. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't hold it against a man if he slept with somebody else. Because if we somewhat established this is a clean break, mm-hmm. you do you, I'm going to do me. Then like, I wouldn't even ask him if he slept with anybody because it's like, I don't want to know. it. What yeah, and that was that when made. we were done, right. But like, if a woman came three months later... I guess my issue would be how much time do you have to spend with her so people don't think you're like an ain't shit dude who just knocked up some random woman yeah like you got to go to her appointments with her don't you like yeah and that also I think it sheds light on type of man that he is because if I were the woman and I had a baby with a man and this man is not being a father that shows like the type of character of this dude. Right, so when does being a father start to you? I mean, if he's aware that the baby's coming, like it would be supporting throughout the pregnancy and not just waiting until oh. the baby's there. Yeah. And I would, and if this, and, if, and I'd want any man who got somebody pregnant to do that. And I can't be in the picture if, if that was my man. <laughs> like, well, call me fucking Lala Anthony. Cause I'd be like, nah, he don't need to be there. He'll send the check. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm also coming from a from a perspective of seeing of working with kids who've had that experience and knowing that it's painful when, like, your father or your mother isn't around. Right, and so, okay, let me rewind what I meant. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't want him to be there during the pregnancy, mm. girl. You knew what this was. You decided to move forward with it. You on your own there. That sounds horrible. God. <laughs> Because when you say it like that, <laughs> but think about it, because it sounds like with um, what's her face, um, and um, Lawrence, um, Issa. And we're literally talking about insecure right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that when the child is born, mm-hmm. you know what? No, because the baby needs to be with his mom. What is the cutoff for when the baby doesn't need about need to be around his mom like that anymore? Oh, never. 
No, there's a point where like the baby can spend the night with like the grandparents and the mom can have like a oh, day off, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm actually don't not need sure. To breastfeed so much, like I, I would say maybe at the probably after months. the first. Oh, I would even Three. say after the first year. Oh God. I, I mean, See, I don't know. I where I'm gonna land is <laughs> at that point. Then he can be involved. <laughs> And the baby could just stay with us. <laughs> I think that that could work if if bio mom and bio dad, or I guess your man and bio mom, <laughs> have established co-parenting. Like they've established a co-parenting routine. You say uh, yo man and bio mom. <laughs> your man is bio mom. Sorry, My psychology so ass bio mom bio dad. Yeah, no, I don't want him to get close to you like that. Y'all are not a family. He doesn't need to be spending the night with y'all. But he doesn't he need to be should. rubbing your feet when you're pregnant and buying Well, maybe not all cream. that, but he needs to be a father and he needs, they need to effectively co-parent for yeah. sure. How do you co-parent when the baby is just born? Like, so he has to spend the night at your house all the time so y'all can trade shifts, right? Yeah. yeah. So no, no, he can't do that. But he ha- he needs to do that because um, oh, she can't, I mean, she could take care of the baby herself, but she shouldn't need to because she didn't make that baby by herself. Okay, so I guess I wouldn't take him back. <laughs> Long story short, I would, uh, Gabby is basically saying what we're saying. She's saying mm. now she wouldn't mm-hmm. take him back. That's the story. Okay. Right. Next, next story. <laughs> Wait, what was the context? Like, cause I know she has a history of just telling everybody her whole life story. Yeah. Like, why, uh, why do we know this? She's just doing interviews. I don't know why. I'm not oh, really okay. interested in her, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't care. <laughs> Update. We talked about the activist. Yes. It will now be a documentary special. Still stupid. Yeah. I'm like, that's still useless. I don't know what, what that's about. I don't know. What the, they're still using the same people, I think. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. All I, I, it was honestly child. I didn't even read the article. I don't read <laughs> <laughs> millennial of us. Just write down the headline and talk about it and give deep analysis. If you retweet an article and try to like quote tweet it and comment on it, Twitter will be like, um, bitch, you didn't even read the article. Oh, really? Yes, it'll be, it's caught me like the entire time. like, uh, bitch, did you even read the article? And I'm like, it's like, no post. (laughs) It's like something more professional about like, hey, um, you might want to make sure you read it before you talk about it. Or mm, I mean, they're how trying. many people they're trying, but how many people have been like, uh-uh, damn. It's like on TikTok. <laughs> if you scroll through, oh, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, ah. <laughs> what is this? Like, what? <laughs> what? Okay, whatever. Because it's like on TikTok, like you, you can scroll infinitely forever. And then it'll be like, a video will pop up and be like, warrior, you've been on this app for way too long. You need to take a break. No, like mind your business. That's I don't know. I just like bitch. Just scroll past it and keep going. <laughs> That's like when Netflix or Hulu is like, "Hey, still there?" It's like, right. "Yes, I'm still here, mother." Like, Press mind play. Your, mind your business. Right. Keep running the tunes. Keep running the tunes. Like, exactly. Stop. Stop asking me questions. Like, <laughs> I think it is like responsible for websites like Twitter or Facebook to be like, like, even, doesn't Twitter also do something that's like the statements here are not proven to be true or oh yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know if that's Facebook probably probably both um because people are like losing their lives to misinformation yeah i mean because of a certain administration that just mm-hmm. ended like it's like they were like we can't let people keep telling lies right we have right. a responsibility to make them to try to stop lies from catching fire Cha. 
Wow. Okay, and the last pop, we're just gonna speed through these. <laughs> last pop culture, pop culture topic: the Proud Family reboot. I read <gasps> yes. it's gonna feature like some newer, fun guests like mm. Tiffany Haddish, who I love on Tuka and Birdie. Like she's great. She's fun when she's doing voice acting. I don't mm-hmm. know. And then Lil Nas X. I'm excited for that. Like, Me I think too. That Normani. I don't know. And mm. Tina Knowles. I love that. I don't know if she's going to be somebody's like rich auntie. Well, no, they, Penny already has a rich auntie. I don't know. Maybe but. she'll revamp that. Well, her rich auntie is Cheryl Lee Ralph. So no, I was going to be like, maybe oh. she can like, I was like, maybe she can like take over that role. And it's like, no, Cheryl Lee Ralph is still here. That was yeah. her, like, her aunt. That was like the theater actress. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah, Mo- yeah. That was Aunt D from Oisha. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're right. I take back the shade at Normani. She's cool. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I gave a little pause. Yeah, she might be like her, like, co- is she in college or something? Like her little college no. best friend. Or so something? I, when they were in, I don't know if they're, they've changed anything, but when they were first like talking about redoing it, because they did this reunion for the Proud Family cast, mm. where they talked about what it was like working on that show. They were all on Zoom together, so it was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And they talked about the reboot and their ideas, and it's just Penny, like, three years later. Oh. Yeah, she's not, like, a grown adult. She's only, like, 16 or 17. Oh, I'm, like, high school. Yeah, and they talked about different characters. I don't remember any of that now, but I'm excited for, like, I actually, this is, I don't think it's corny to, like. I don't think so either. I'm excited for it. To include pop culture icons from 2021 in the show like yeah because they did that back then they had mariah carey they had oh al roker they yeah, had they solange um, also solange yeah. yeah they had a lot of great voice. aaliyah but not aaliyah. aaliyah oh my gosh what i'm gonna shot to you so you're gonna get a you're gonna get a flag for I'm misinformation <laughs> band shadow band oh my gosh rest in peace shanti <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they had, I mean, I'm probably going to, uh, before the show comes out, I'm going to want to rewatch all of Proud Family again. Oh, yeah. And hopefully they're they're having the same, not the same writers necessarily, but the same creator work. I think mm. Ralph Farquhar, Farquhar yeah. and, who worked on um, Moesha as well as the Barkers mm. and uh, Bruce Smith, who I think actually created the show yeah they're back so it's usually a good sign when they let the people who created it Mm -hmm. revamp it as well because they know what they were really trying to do with the show yes and they had that vision i don't really want to see penny on her on facetime or like oh my gosh she can be on facetime i don't want to see her on instagram live (laughs) oh yeah i know or like tiktok whatever oh my god please leave tiktok out of this (laughs) i don't want anything to 2021 just like keep it cute that's all i ask great (laughs) (laughs) okay on to our topic so our topic today i wanted us to talk about adult friendships Mm. because i wrote a blog post about this uh my plan at the time was to reference it but i i didn't pull it up (laughs) professional (laughs) so it's all good basically i've talked about how like when you're friends as an adult it's just a lot harder it kind of feels like at this point the stakes are so low like we work harder for romantic relationships because it's like I'm just looking for one person Mm. and I want to make this work whereas with your friends it's like 
girl, any of y'all could go. Like I can make new friends, people all around. These are low stakes relationships. So like most of us aren't willing as we get older to do the work Mm -hmm. to keep friendships. Or maybe it's like, what's the, uh, what's that uh, upside down parabola? It's an upside down parabola. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. You don't have to know. (laughs) You don't have to I thought they're both parabolae. Girl, I don't know. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) The point is, I think, Somewhere in your like early 20s, you stop working hard to keep your friendships. You're like late teens, early 20s. Like literally, I have so many friends from that time that literally just like fell off the face of the earth. We just stopped reaching out to each other mm-hmm. after high school or like after college, just like no follow through because it was no longer convenient. Mm-hmm. And now that we're approaching our 30s, I feel like now I'm we're learning the lessons of no, we need to fight to keep these friendships. It's work. Yes. Like if I don't hear from you for two or three weeks, I got to put my pride aside and not be like, oh, so she can't talk to no, nobody. Like, oh, <laughs> so like, I got to do all the work. Like, no, I have to be like, no, I'm genuinely missing my friend. Let me hit her up. Let's mm-hmm. hang out. And you really have to take all the ego out of it. Yes. So I think I want to start off with what are some good examples of like adult friendships, like how they're portrayed and media and like what you think of when you think of like a good Hmm. example of like adult friendships yeah I mean I think a real a realistic one and I'm like cheating because you listed it but a realistic one is like insecure for sure I I wanted you to say insecure oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's like his answer I'm like insecure (laughs) um yeah, I think the way that show is about friendship. Yes. We don't really see shows that are literally just about the tale of friendship. Sure, the first season is really just about like her relationship with Lawrence and like season two is the aftermath, whatever. But it's the constant in the show is her and Molly mm-hmm. and how we start seeing them as just like, oh, we're just best friends. We just joke and laugh and drink wine. Ooh, girl, ooh, girl, like, mm-hmm. kiki, have a good time, you know, whatever. And then just kind of seeing them more being there for each other as relationships end. And then in the last season, we saw, like, the relationship crumbling because mm-hmm. Molly has a boyfriend now. And now she's, like, venting to him about how Issa sucks. And, like, I don't really remember where their friendship broke. Like, the base of it broke. I think like oh well they she started being mad at each other and not talking to each other about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely in that that last like throughout that season. I think it started with like Molly feeling like Issa is like a fuck up and is always relying on Molly mm-hmm. to like pick up the pieces mm-hmm. um with things with like Lawrence and um oh gosh, I forgot that man's name. He was the barber, the light skinned boy, and things like that. Oh Nathan. Nathan, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, okay, you're right. It was never it wasn't a specific event which I almost thought it was but it was like they did a really good job of showing it was build up it's Issa is always fucking up and I'm tired of having to be there to help her mm-hmm. and like I have my own man now I got my own thing going on like now she, he, she's annoying me and also like different times when Issa wasn't really there for Molly but it was like it's no big deal like What's she supposed to go to like Thanksgiving at Molly's house or something? And either showed up really late. Oh yeah. Or, or like, go. or like canceled last minute or something, mm-hmm. but it was miscommunication throughout all of it. Like that was the core theme of the yes. season was like, they were not communicating. 
there was a point where they met in a grocery store almost to talk about it. Yes. That but didn't then even work out. It didn't work out. I think because there's also pride that was coming in mm-hmm. for both of them. I mean, like, why isn't she coming to me? Why do I have to go to her? It's like, why isn't she coming to me? Why do I have to go to her? Right. And them talking to like other friends about it and them not talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And it just dragged on and on until they had this screaming match where it looked like they were actually going to physically fight at the fair over something yeah. that to me was very, I mean, what was your opinion on that? That that Molly told Issa, I am not going to ask my boyfriend for this favor for you because she was just tired of Issa coming to her for shit. Issa goes around her and mm-hmm. asks her boyfriend behind her back and he helps mm-hmm. Issa. So Molly wants to like, basically fight Issa like how dare you use my boyfriend after I told you no right which I get where Molly is coming from about because it's it's based it's like there's a diathesis or there's this bank of like Issa always is using me using me mm-hmm. using me using me withdrawing and stuff. withdrawing withdrawing right never putting anything in never putting anything in and now like here's the last straw I'm trying to keep these parts of my life separate she was like I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about boundaries like yeah. I need boundaries and stuff mm-hmm. so I get that I also saw Molly was very emotionally reactive and that's why she was in therapy for the first, like, you know, mm-hmm. when she did go to therapy, cause she reacted like very emotionally and it was not reasonable. I felt like that blow up didn't need to happen in that way. That's why she lost that fine Australian Asian boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, Asian Bay. That's how you lose a man in 10 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just blow up on your friend in public for no, mm-hmm. for no reason. reason. Like, it wasn't that serious, but I think the point of it was like, it's built up, built mm-hmm. up. And we really feel like for a long time, they're both just like, and they were teasing it in trailers. Issa being like, yeah, we don't talk anymore. Yeah. We're done. And it's not till the very end of the show where they finally, well, there was, there was, I remember the episode where like Issa literally is about to walk in and pick up food. And oh she yeah. Sees Molly and, and she turns, walks away. Yeah. She turns her ass around and Molly sees her like, I know mm-hmm. she is not like leaving because I'm here. Like, mm-hmm. wow, it's come to this. And then, yeah, the very last episode, we see them finally meet mm-hmm. to like, just lay it all on the table. And that is so difficult <laughs> to mm-hmm. do. Like, I feel like I'm going to be jumping around, mm-hmm. but I want to say like, I do feel like it is harder to make friends in adulthood. Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody kind of has already figured out who their friends are by your thirties or in your thirties. And like, it's not easy to click with everyone. Mm -hmm. It's harder to, I mean, it's, it takes work to keep people like, yeah, you gotta like, (laughs) you're not, I mean, how old, when did you realize that like friendships were work and were hard? Like, not every friend is going to be your perfect friend and you never argue and you agree on everything like that. Your friends were going to annoy you sometimes or like yeah. hurt your feelings or Too that you late. need to talk about things like Issa and Molly yeah. held off on doing. Too late. I definitely after college for mm-hmm. sure. Because I think, cause even in college um, I was in a, a large group of friends, but it was very surface level. Like I had, I had roommates who were also in that friend group. So I knew those roommates really well, but in terms of our large friend group, like, I don't think I knew people super well enough to even have a conflict with them. And I don't think people knew me that well enough to have an issue with me. If they did, they didn't, they never let me know. So I I don't know, but I thought that because like, oh, we're all, you know, we're all friends and we're all a similar major, you know, and like all that stuff. Um, 
that is great for convenience and it's great for that right. period of time. But like when everybody moved away, unless you were intentional about it, like there's no, like the, the contact just dies. And I know for me personally, I felt like I was, I was moving in a different direction, like physically, like I left the state and then I felt like the way that I, I felt like my worldview had been changing and I didn't see any indication that my worldview aligned with everybody in that friend group the same way, um, which is nothing bad. There's really nothing bad and it's nothing um, problematic, but it just wasn't serving me. And I was like a thousand miles away. So right. what was the point? All that stuff is real. Like, I feel like college friendships are perhaps some of the most shallow ones you'll have mm-hmm. because like you meet new people every semester, making new friends, dropping old friends, making new friends, dropping old friends. We're just all hanging out as convenient. Like, oh, this is my good friend because we have this class together. Next semester, we're taking different things. We don't really talk anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I think that's where I learned, like, you can, I'm really good at making friends. Like, I just said, it's hard to make friends as an adult, but that's because what I mean is, like, it's harder to meet people. Like, mm in general, like in a normal way, college is easy because you're just sitting next to people. You're put in small circles. You're put yeah, in- Yeah, like you live in dorms. Centers. Yeah. You live in dorms. You're walking on campus. Like you're literally surrounded by people who are your demographic. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of clubs to join where you can meet people who are even more your demographic. Like in adulthood, nobody's putting you in a room with people like, hey, everybody else here is like approximately your age. Has right. Like, similar interests or whatever like no you're like just randomly thrust into the world and it's like I work with old people now (laughs) yeah oh like I don't know if these people are going to be nice to me oh surprise they're not like they actually don't want to be friends you know it's all very strange people start using things like fumble bff and Mm. meetup and can you you can talk about your experiences with meetup because I've used bumble bff and I didn't like it (laughs) Yeah, I've yeah never used Bumble BFF. My roommate in grad school used Bumble BFF, and it was and it worked for her until it didn't, um, because those girls ended up being racist. Oh, but shit. yeah, <laughs> I mean allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. But real, yeah, <laughs> like what? I know allegedly, but we knew the vibes. <laughs> so I never used it, but I I used Meetup when I lived in Chicago, and then when I lived here, and when I lived in Chicago, um, I think it also depends where you live because I felt like. In Chicago, the people who would go to these events already knew people there and it became very clicky. So they just hung out with the people who they knew and they weren't interested in getting to know a new person who was coming to this event for the first time. Um, Because I did comedy in Chicago for years and I was on maybe like at least five different teams and stuff. And like we would perform and then afterwards, you know, people stand around and like talk. And everyone would just go to the people who they knew. And no one was like, I've never seen you here before. Like what brings you to the city? Like it was very, mm-hmm. like you talk only with the people who you talk. Meanwhile, here I've gone to meetups and have met people at these meetups and then have connected with them, gotten their number and have met outside of the meetup and have had multiple, you know, encounters with them. So I think it depends where the, where, where the meetup is happening. Meetup, I tried it once and like it was like a black woman single professionals group and they were all in like Pflugerville and Round Rock. Oh. I was like, oh, <laughs> child. Like, no. Now there's more black women in, in Austin. So maybe I should try it again. Mm. I just I feel like I prefer organic ways of meeting people. Mm. Like doing a similar activity and clicking, but I'm also like, maybe I need to add on top of that. I wanna say a racial preference. <laughs> 
I mean, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. We can skip to that then. How important is it? Do you think it is for black women to have black women friends? I think it's very important. I you know how people be like, oh, if she don't got no black friends. Yes. Or if he don't got no black friends. Yes. Red flag. Yes. And as someone who in college didn't have that many black friends and didn't Mm -hmm. see it as a red flag until I was like almost like three quarters of the way done with college. It's you like, don't it's, learn that lesson until you're older though. You don't, but I just think that it's hard when you look back at it. Like you joke like, oh yeah, I was in the sunken place, but it's still <laughs> just like, it's hard because that cultural piece, the values and just seeing people who look like you is so mm-hmm. important. I mean, we were naive. Like mm-hmm. I didn't come to college feeling like I need to be around black people because that's where I feel the most comfortable. I was mm-hmm. comfortable around my like Nigerian American community mm-hmm. and around just like a variety of racial friends. Like I've never really been like, no, oh, I had one year when I was 23 where I was friends with some white girls. Woo! Talk about the, that wasn't, wasn't <laughs> a good time. We don't got to go there. But what <laughs> Outside of that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I've never been like m- majority white friends. I've had like mostly other friends of different races or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think much of it, but I think when you do enter your 20s, you do realize certain things. Like mm-hmm. my experiences are unique to my race. Right. You know, some people are just going to understand me better than mm-hmm. others. You know, my life experiences have made me the way that I am. Yes. So whereas if I'm friends with these girls who are non-black and or they're just straight up white and they're happy-go-lucky and like the world has been handed to them and they're just really positive and I have certain traumas from how I've been treated as a black woman, mm-hmm. especially a black woman in Austin, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, like burn me at the stake sometimes or something <laughs> like it's just going to be harder to be friends because you don't really see my experiences. You don't understand them. I'm going to have to continually explain them to you, Mm -hmm. which granted, like, I don't mind being friends with anybody of any. Oh yeah. If we have common and we like the same stuff and like we make each other laugh then what's the problem. But I do think it is important. And I, it took me like living more life in my twenties to realize there is a certain comfort Mm -hmm. that you can achieve. Not with every black woman, you're not going to find kinship with every black woman. Oh yeah, definitely right. Your skin folk aren't your kin folk. Yeah, there's there are issues in the community that mm-hmm. we like literally just talked about with this like victim um yeah from before. Mm-hmm. But like when you it's just easier and a, 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 there's an ease when you meet the right black woman friend. Mhm versus mm-hmm. meeting the right non-black friend there is no non-black friend i have who i have felt as close to as my black woman friends mm-hmm. that's cynthia that's my cousin mm-hmm. that's been my sister at times like <laughs> my other cousin like mm-hmm. other former friends that i've had that i don't have anymore because we lost touch but like there's a family feel there yeah like a real like we are each other like what does iyanla say she says i'm not my sister's keeper i am my sister yeah that's what iyanla says Mm. girl you gotta watch iyanla fix my life i know Uh, i love that show and i did there so there used to be clips on youtube like i saw the clip with with the baby dolls you know and stuff like that (laughs) that episode was great She's a, the context of that episode was this oh my god this 
man. Yeah. And keep in mind the show after season one only focused on black families, which I appreciated because it's like we can afford therapy and counseling the least focus Mm -hmm. on the people who need it the most or whatever. So this episode focused on a man who had like 30 something children. It was Oh my goodness. By like seven plus different women or something. More than seven different women. And she had him carry a bunch of dolls. The total number of kids he had, she made him try to carry that many dolls. And he could not carry them. He could not. Her fucking uh, euphemisms and metaphors always are so funny to watch. And they Mm -hmm. always make sense. They do. It literally was her proving the point. You cannot carry all these kids. Like you can't take care of them all. You had more kids than you could like look after mm-hmm. then could depend on you like look at this shit you can't even carry 37 dolls dude you think you right can, like, watch 37 kids like my oh. gosh i don't know how we got here <laughs> i know i know but yeah but i feel you yeah <laughs> it's important mm-hmm. because there have definitely been times when i feel like people do not non-black people do not understand me correctly they're seeing me in a certain way that i'm like race has something to do with this doesn't mean you're a racist it Mm -hmm. means that there's definitely something weird here where you're viewing me in this way Mm -hmm. and I'm your only black friend Mm -hmm. I think every non-black person should consider that Mm -hmm. because there are a good chunk especially in Austin I mean Houston is different Dallas is different Mm -hmm. Mansfield is Grand Perry like there are certain parts of Texas I can only speak to Texas but also like other parts like LA and yeah other parts of the country where like different races do intermingle. Louisiana is another place, New Orleans, I think. Where oh, like yeah, you yeah. can meet white people or like Asian people or whatever who are like, yeah, I grew up all around black people. Like right? mm-hmm. that's not weird to me to be friends with a black person. You're not my first black friend. Or right. Whatever. But like here in Austin, mm-hmm. you meet a lot of people where you're like, I don't think they have any other black friends. I mm-hmm. think I am the black friend. They right. might have like acquaintances, people they say hello to who are black, but I'm maybe the first, but at the very least, the only black person mm-hmm. they are this close to. So like they would be dumb to not think that in their privilege, they're not viewing you in some sort of way. Right. That might be a little fucked up and they might need to check that. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard conversation to have with like, non-black people like huh Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know so I say all that to say there is a certain ease that can come with just feeling at home yes people who have the same experiences as you and know where you're coming from and they don't think they're not gaslighting you you're not overreacting you're Mm -hmm. not negative you're not dramatic they like have your back they believe you when you point out certain things that are probably racist or like right (laughs) right and like even taking it like a step further too it's like coming to that realization of being like okay wow I'm most likely this person or these groups of people's only black friend it's like that's something that they don't consider at all really and it's like I mean I get it why would you consider you're white or non-black but you know this is mostly reflecting to white people and you know you notice this too like with really important events in their lives look at look at who's there weddings who are at the wedding who's in the wedding party and not even just the wedding party, but who's like attending the wedding. There have been weddings that I've gone to and for like people in college and in grad school. And I am the only black person there outside of one other person. Girl, let me tell you, (laughs) I went to a wedding and, you know, I love this friend because we we were in school together, grad school. She's excellent. Her husband's excellent. (laughs) 
went to their wedding. It was a very sweet wedding. And there was another black girl who was there who was one of, who read one of the readings, like the scriptures. So she read it or she sang it or something. It was really, she had done really well. And then she sat down and the wedding ended and all that stuff. So it's a reception. Some old white man came up to me and he was like, you know, you did a really great job reading that thing. It was so powerful. I was like, huh? Like, I just was so confused. At first I was scared because he came up from behind me and he was like, yeah, good job there. Good job. My, mind you, I'm wearing like a maroon dress, like my hair, it's a wig, you know, I'm short. And the girl who was reading it was like, Six three. Yeah, she was tall. She had like crochet hair. She was wearing this long, like floral dress. We looked nothing alike. I was darker than her. Like we looked nothing alike. And I was like, wow. You know, and you know, things like that. And it's like, again, this is all based on what I'm doing for what I what I need in friendships. This is not like, you know, blaming these white people, whatever, like there's nothing wrong with that. And I do value the friendships that I developed over these years because they're friendships. Um, But at the same time, I know as I've like, even back then I needed this back then, I didn't realize it, but now is like almost 30. Yeah. I need black friends. I need to be in community. And that is incredibly important, especially as life is going to get harder and harder. Mm-hmm. And you need people that understand where you're coming from. You need and, to feel safe. And feel safe. Absolutely. Like, I can say what I'm going to say and just be seen as a human being. Mm-hmm. Like they know where I'm coming from rather than like, I don't know when it comes to that wedding. I mean, <laughs> I won't speak on it. I knew where that story was going. And I was I like, know. Lord, Lord, but like, I was just um, like, wow. <laughs> and I was like, I said, I was like, this is laughable. Like so fucking funny. It's so funny. I was like, you know what? This is just again another elf in the collection, but it's not my fault. I'm gonna laugh about this later. Literally. Not tonight, but I'm gonna laugh later. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, I think a lot of times white people don't notice that they only have one black friend because they're too busy being being proud they have that black friend. Exactly. It's like (laughs) I, like I don't know maybe I'm making this shit up but I'm like in my head I'm like I feel like y'all pat yourselves on the back on the back mm-hmm. like especially like oh no not even just the liberals like the conservatives because they love to be like I don't hate black people I have a black friend like, right like they pat themselves on the back in a sense like and if you're white and you're listening to this and you have a black friend just the one then maybe you should really be real with yourself on have you ever kind of patted yourself on the back or thought to yourself uh, at least I got this friend. I can't be racist. Like. Right. Cause I could say the same thing with folks who are in other identities that I don't share. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. this is just checking yourself. I don't think I have any friends that are unique in that demographic sense. I don't have just one white friend, mm, or just yeah. one queer friend Yep, or just one plus sized friend like nobody mm-hmm. in my life is like a uh token the token sense. same but I also feel like as a black woman it's harder to have token friends like I don't know why I would even have token friends it doesn't it wouldn't do anything for me I I like people like yeah anyways. Woo. anyways child <laughs> <laughs> I don't know dude I feel like after my lease is up this year I'm leaving like I've been yeah. in Austin for 10 years I'm sick of it yo for real people. What, what's that quote from the Watchmen? It was also a meme on Tumblr where it's like this blue guy is in space and he's like, <laughs> I'm sick of these people and their lives and being like entangled in their drama. <laughs> 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 like, whatever. <laughs> 
Maybe if I could find the like uh, the meme from Tumblr, I'll send it to you. Yes, please. Like, oh, I've seen that. <laughs> it's like I'm so I've been in the city ten. Yeah, I can't I'm believe like, that. I need to meet different kinds of people. Like mm-hmm. I need to meet be in a city full of people who look like me. Like yeah, it's wild feeling like. I feel like if I lived in a different city, I would be like 20 to 30% happier. Like it can kind of drain you living in a city where most people don't look like you. Yeah. Most people don't have your skin color. Most people Mm -hmm. are white people. And so like, you do have to figure out how to fit in with them. You can't just be. Yes. Sometimes. So like, it can be really draining. And in my head, it's like, I dream of like, what would it feel like to wake up in a city where I'm like, I'm not another Mm-hmm. I'm like I belong here it doesn't need to be like a black majority city but like we're here at least 20 to 30 percent present right eight percent right and like you'll go to places that you would think like oh wow this is like a nice area I'm sure it just meet tons of white people but it's not it's like incredibly integrated and diverse and like yeah somebody yeah. out there is listening and saying move to Atlanta and I'm like no <laughs> Ooh, I mean, I was just talking to somebody and they were like, yeah, I thought that because I think she went to um, Clark and she was like, I had all these big dreams about being in Atlanta and it just wasn't giving what I thought it was going to give. <laughs> all they, Atlanta's just super human and all I have is a bunch of like uh, food that will make you fat, <laughs> <laughs> which granted, I want to try. <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't need it, but like strip clubs. <laughs> That's it. That's what it. Have. Austin is a great, beautiful city. There's so much to do. I love the live music. I If I could just turn up the volume on the amount of Black people here, just like 20% more, mm-hmm. I would stay in a heartbeat. But it's just like, and, you know, we come in, we trickle in more and more every year. Yeah. But as we trickle in, more white people from the Midwest pour in. Yeah. And it's like, this is the I Hate White People podcast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I hate white people radio hour. <laughs> the he man woman haters white people. Whatever, you, I don't know how to fix that in there. But like, <laughs> I'm just like, it could just be so fucking draining. And it's not, that's why it's important for me to travel while I'm here because when mm. I get to get breaks from this, it's like I can restart the clock before I need to take a break again. Like, I'm so excited to visit my family in a few weeks and like, talking to you I almost was like can I run away to where you live this weekend (laughs) and I was looking at flights and flights are like 150 bucks and I was like oh they shouldn't yeah that's way too high yeah as the price is way too high you need to cut it for real yeah (laughs) like (laughs) anyways Uh, your your mental health tip of the week. How how what is it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Give it to me. Yes. So, uh, my mental health tip is on behavioral activation. Um, basically, like this is an approach. It's an evidence based treatment approach that is folded into cognitive behavior therapy, but it is a therapy in and of itself um, for depression mainly and. With cognitive behavior therapy, it's like the whole spiel, your thoughts impact your behaviors, impact your feelings, blah, 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 blah. They are, they're all connected. And part of it is like modifying and restructuring your thoughts. So you're interpreting events and situations in a way that's more helpful for you, which in turn changes how you feel. Another is in changing your behavior. And um, there's so much data to suggest that the behavioral activation piece alone can be helpful for people who are experiencing depression, because what it really is, is kind of like 
incorporating activities and structure and basically activities and things like that into your day that can help boost how you feel and like going and talking with a friend, hanging out with people, like scheduling your day where it's like, okay, I'm going to make sure to to go to like an art class or something like that. And if it's something that you don't normally do, like it can help boost your mood. And it just seems so like easy and very simple, um, but it works. And it's actually one of the most important skills in CBT, especially for depression. Some people say that if you can actually do for someone who's severely depressed and is responding well to, to therapy, if you can do the behavioral activation piece first, you'll definitely see a decrease in that mood and, and those depressed, depressed mood symptoms um, early on, and it can help boost the motivation for them to continue with therapy because they see that they're doing better. And it's all because um, you've changed what you've done. So I would encourage people to think about like, okay, yeah, the way I think impacts how I feel, but what I do can directly impact how I feel. And how can I like put these skills to use to most likely like improve like my mood and things like that? I've always kind of felt like exercise and endorphins and such can increase serotonin levels girl I don't know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about but like that doing things promotes a better mood better feelings I don't know and then it feels like what you're saying is like which is behavioral activation is like change your behavior you can change how you feel and how you think Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's one of the ways of thinking or that people have tried to talk about when it comes to combating depression or anxiety, where people are like, no, you know, we know that some people need medicine, like that some people really are just like literally cannot get the motivation to do any of those things. Mm -hmm. But I I just don't really like that people then stop talking about like behavioral activation. It's like, oh, if you mention that, you're gaslighting people. And it's like, no, that uh, actually can work for some people. Yes. It works for me. Do I have a severe case of anxiety or depression? No. But like for people who have, I think, less severe cases, like it really does help you to like just go outside for a walk sometimes or like do something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Worse. No, it's true. <laughs> I think what I'm here, like it's so frustrating being on Twitter or other places with armchair therapists who use language like, yeah, I'm neurodivergent and I've self-diagnosed myself with autism, you know, depression. And it's like, it's for a lot of folks. And I see it is valid to have a diagnosis because you have an explanation for how you feel or why you're doing what you're doing. I get it. Um, but medication is meant to get you stable. It is a, it's for it's baseline. It's get you in getting Mm -hmm. you to a baseline where you can function again, whether it's kind of pulling you down from being super keyed up with anxiety or pulling you up from being super low with depression, if it's for anxiety or depression. Um, So that's the point of medication. And I would advocate for medication. Absolutely. I do also know that when combined with therapy, um, it's more sustainable and it's helpful. And like one thing with behavioral activation is not, it's not only are you activity scheduling. So purposely scheduling like meaningful activities in your day, but kind of monitoring the daily activities that you do do and like creating like almost like a mood timeline and seeing like, okay, what are the times of day? What time of day do I notice that I feel low? or that I feel in the middle or neutral or high, like there's, there's oftentimes a pattern. So kind of understanding like, okay, what are, what are the things that I'm doing that are contributing to this? Like, am I kind of just like, you know, staying in bed all day, something like that. And kind of like problem solving around those barriers to the activation. Um, so that's all involved in the therapy. Activate, like activate is just very, it, like at, at the end of the day, activate with, 
you know, behavioral activation or just activating in general really helps like kickstart when you feel either anxiety or when you feel, you know, symptoms of depression, because what that does is it changes our brain state and can make us feel better right away, which can then motivate us to do other things. So kind of like before we talked today, I was like, I need to go for a run. <laughs> like I'm going to be in this funk unless I get out of my apartment and move um, and do something. And then I came back and I felt better. And that gave me the motivation to do something else. Whereas if I kind of sat in this, like not depressed mood, but I was, I was feeling some type of way. If I sat in that and didn't really do anything that I would continue to sit in it, unless I actively like restructured my thoughts or ate some, well, I could have eaten something too, but things like that. So activation, very helpful. It's not easy because it's easier said than done. Um, but if you're just aware of the fact that it is helpful, when push comes to shove, you might make the decision to do something. Right. The recurring thing here is none of this is easy. Like, yeah, this is self-work. Like none of it is like, okay, got it done. It's all like effort. It's mm-hmm. writing things down. It's thinking about your thoughts. It's making yourself go do something. Even when you don't feel like it, it's about like breaking down your feelings. It's about a lot of things. And that's why when I started off the episode, I was like, I need to start actually doing some work. Like mm-hmm. we come here each week and I'm like, that's a good tip. That's a good tip. That's a great <laughs> tip. And then I like, don't change anything that I do. Um, and I want to be better about changing the negative stuff. I want to be more positive and not be scared to be positive. Like I do agree that when you know where your negative negativity is coming from, that doesn't mean that the negativity should be able to stay. It means right. Like, cool. I know I am this way that I want to not be this way though. Yeah. I am a fully fledged person. I'm allowed to be upset. Sometimes I'm allowed to like freak out or be anxious, but like I, there are certain um, parts of my life, certain things where I am the most negative Mm -hmm. because of what I've been through. And those are the things, those are the parts I just want to work on the most to be more optimistic and not feel stupid for being optimistic it is so yeah. hard not to feel stupid naive yeah for being like optimistic like mm-hmm. especially I, i'm just gonna say it with dating it just feels very dumb mm-hmm. to like be like but that's my own shit that's my own personal issue i don't think it's normal i don't think most people feel this level of like dumb for like- i mean i feel like it is pretty common and it's like it's what's the purpose of it i I, when I talk to people or people, patients, well, who are people, but when I talk to patients, I talk about like, okay, what happened that led you to this point? Why? Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand what happened that led you to this point and maybe even reframing it from being like optimistic Pollyanna to being like <laughs> being present, like if, if presently in that moment, Girl. in that present moment, if you're feeling good, rock you with just, it. You just said a word because I, that's the second part of it is like mm-hmm. me being like, I can't even enjoy things because mm-hmm. I can't let myself be present. Like right. I can feel myself not being present. I can mm-hmm. feel myself holding back and being like, I don't want to be happy about this or I don't mm. want to associate too much positivity with this because if it's gone, I don't want to have to like do the work of being like something I was really excited about is now gone. And like, I should have known it would would have been gone and I wouldn't have been, I don't know. It's all very like, I just, I need to do the work and be more present and allow myself to be positive and to like reframe it to where like, if I'm positive and things don't work out, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's life. That's 
part of the journey. Like it, not everything is going to work out. It doesn't mean that I did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm stupid. It doesn't mean it's stupid to be happy or excited. Yeah, exactly. Nothing venture, nothing gain with respect to dating. And like, yeah, just being present and not assigning any outcome or value because we no one knows the future. The future can be in so many, can go in so many different directions. So if it's just like, okay, in the present, things are good. At least I'm, I'm grateful that I'm having this experience now. And then I got to cherish this time with this person mm-hmm. who I think is cool. And we got yeah. to vibe. Some of that shit sounds so neurotypical to me. Though. I'm oh, like, yeah, I know. I feel like I'm cosplaying as a normal person when I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's going well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. No problems. Just like living life. Like, I feel like I'm being so like, no, but it's normal. It, but it's, it's tough. Like you can, I mean, I don't know if you can see my bookcase that like second, whatever from the book, from the top is all therapy books. And I've read Oh, not all of them, but like, I've been doing shit on myself. I have a book that's literally called the self-love book for women oh that I like gosh, go girl. through, like, cause it's not, it's an active thing. Yeah. And I don't know if I attribute that to not loving myself. It's not that I don't think I oh, deserve yeah. it. No. I think I'm like at my best, almost at like peak level self-love. Maybe if I like was maybe more in shape, I would be higher. But like, Girl, same. <laughs> that's awful. But like, same. Um, It's just about, you know, just past experiences beating me down so hard. I was telling you I'm like a wounded puppy. Mm. That's like, it's going to take some time for me to be like, okay, I trust the situation and I feel safe now. Like, I'm going to be like looking at you at the crack of my eye or the side of my eye. (laughs) It's like the whole time, like this bitch. Mm. But it's like, but no, I, I get it because at the end of the day, when it comes to things like this, it's like, okay, clearly what I've been doing so far is based on what I've experienced, but is it working to my favor? In regards to my deep think of the week, um, I ain't got it. I don't got it. I don't, That's I okay. like it. I don't have it. I, whoo, child, like maybe it is that we all just need to work on like living in the moment more. Mm. And if you're like me and you're prone to being negative, cause you're like really scared of just being dumb and happy and naive. And like, because life has taught you that good things don't usually come your way or that they don't last. Like you, mm-hmm. it's really important just to be present and to be happy and to enjoy things, let yourself enjoy things and yes. stop worrying about what's going to happen next yes because there's already so many things that you have to like keep an eye out for (laughs) i was gonna keep an eye out for selena now just keep an eye out for right like keeping yourself alive like climate change like why add another thing to that that's what's so wild is like i have a great life like Mm -hmm. it's not everything i've ever wanted but like (laughs) when i think about all the things that could go horribly wrong or that could just be bad like Mm -hmm. i haven't experienced a lot of bad things and so like the little bad things that I experience every now and then. I mean, honestly, I had a horrible day yesterday and I was like, still like, this shit is so minuscule and unimportant. <laughs> like mm. in the grand scheme of like how bad things could be, like, I don't care about this. Like this is literally just emotional dumb shit. Mm-hmm. But like, anyways, woo, getting into more things. Yeah. But I think we can d- stop the episode here. I think this is good. Yeah, that w- and that was a deep thing. So there you go. I'm glad I was like, child, I ain't got it. 
I don't have it to give. <laughs> Sometimes you can't. It worked honestly. really hard to come up with this topic today. <laughs> so I was like, I can't. It was good. Like half-ass this. This mm-hmm. is something that we both care about. I was telling Cynthia, she's killing it on planning the episodes. She comes in like prepped, ready to go. She got her like intelligent points. It's cohesive. (laughs) I'm like over here like, yeah, I don't care about this pop culture topic, that, that, that. Moving on. Let's talk about just like (laughs) darting all over the place. And I'm like, does this make sense? I think I'm rambling now. Wait till next week. And I'm basically going to just put back chat London topics on there. If your so, girl got 42 boys. Oh my god. Would you wipe her? <laughs> that was good. That honestly was one of the funnest summers of my life. Just watching back chat. Why was that the first thing that came to mind? <laughs> when you said back chat, I was like, so bruv, would bruv. you like wife a girl who had like 22 bodies? <laughs> like, would you she like was a total proper slut? Would you like? <laughs> go on a date with her and what would your friends think mate like stupid shit where i'm like what they talk about the same shit every other every yes word it just reword it like just sitting in a dormitory kitchen or whatever (laughs) it's like across from each other boys on one side girls on another they're still i don't know if back chat you know this makes me want to look at back chat i know are they still recording i don't i honestly i feel like they are but i have not ever since I whenever fun like it's kind of it would probably be fun to watch now and be like this is so fucking stupid it was like, so stupid. literally talking for an hour about if your girl is sexually active before she <laughs> met you is she marriage material even <laughs> though you also are sexually active and probably have slept with just as many if not yep. more but she's a girl so ew she can't like men i don't know um, like, I, I just That'll make no kind of sense. At all. But people were fighting. And what was almost even funnier was the comments. Like the comments section on those YouTube videos were so, there was one guy and you know, they were all like British, African or Caribbean or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was one guy, he had really like peculiar eyebrows. Like his eyebrows were just like, they look like Legos or something. What? It was like a box in like a line. I don't know how to explain it, but he had very distinct, and he was a good, he was good looking, but his eyebrows were too much. And in the comments section, someone said, Gogo's eyebrows look like two rats running oh into each other. Oh my God, I know him. I remember him. Yeah, they were I, like quite a sight. I was they like, looked like slippers. It was so funny. Woo. That's what's so, so scary about putting yourself out there. Man. I know. People just start going in and it's like, damn, like my deepest insecurity, they, they hit it immediately. Like <laughs> two rats running into each other. I'm also going to put in a round of applause here for our British accents that we just yes. seamlessly went into. Yes. By <laughs> <laughs> two boys. Bro. <laughs> I didn't know you had this in you, That's why I'm laughing so hard. Like, I've never heard you do this accent before. It was it's been it's been there. It's been so my my sister has been telling me to watch Love Island forever. And I've just been sitting on it, sitting. I finally am into it. I watch it almost every night. I'm on. I'm just like on the most recent British season. Oh. It is good. Wait, so you've seen all of them or did you just no. skip to the recent one? I just skipped to the recent one. 
I've seen the first two seasons. They just make, I never make it to the end of the season because I always hate the couples who stay. Mm. I don't like any of these people. So it's hard to like watch every episode of every season. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a favorite, but it just, it's so entertaining just to watch and to hear them talk to each other. Because sometimes if I didn't have the caption, be like, what did you say? <laughs> She's got proper chat. <laughs> proper, we, proper banter. Proper, we really crack on. She's got good crack. Good crack. <laughs> Tried this laugh, but like I, I just love their like slang for like yeah. We have good conversations. Mm-hmm. She's easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. It's like she's got good crack. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's sign off here. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye.